Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wool on us. Fating and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. In the last few years, there have been a few futuristic technologies that have really caught the public's attention. And I think at this point, we've tried to do podcasts around most of them, or at least a few of them, including self-driving cars and things like man trips to uh, Mars. But I think few technologies have really gone from the science fiction concept to reality more quickly uh, than the rise of drones, both at a personal and commercial level. And it's been raising all sorts of questions. Just a few years ago on TechDirt, we wrote somewhat jokingly about how awful it was that regulations were getting in the way of one guy's plan to build taco copters here in California that would fly you a fresh taco or burrito. Uh, I believe on the East Coast, he wanted to call it a lobster copter. Uh, At the time, we pointed out that the FAA's regulations currently forbid such uses in commercial settings. Of course, since then, there's been lots of movement in this space. Amazon somewhat famously uh, insists that it really wants to start delivering packages by drone, and there are lots of other commercial uses of drones, including obviously things like architects, farmers, construction, and obviously filmmakers um, have been made a big push for using drones. And of course, personal drones have become more and more popular in all different shapes and sizes, uh, raising a different set of regulatory questions and issues. There have been concerns about personal drones getting in the way of aircraft, including rescue aircraft in emergency situations. And there have been concerns about drones flying onto the White House property. Uh, And (laughs) there was even the case where Senator Dianne Feinstein complained about privacy issues with drones, but only when she claims that a drone flew up to the window in her house. Uh, The FAA has been, at least in my opinion, somewhat tragically awful uh, in the drone space here in the U.S. in terms of how they handle regulations. For the longest time, they refused to release any rules at all and insisted that basically any and all commercial drone use was illegal, uh, leaving the market completely empty. Uh, Over the last year or so, they've finally started moving on some rules, but to me, they've still taken very much what I think is a permission-based approach that I fear has has slowed a lot of innovation in the space. So today we're going to discuss regulation in the drone space, and we've got a really great guest to do it. Ziggy Hendricks is an entrepreneur who has spent a lot of time thinking about that intersection of drone technology, law, and policy, and is currently running a startup called Fleet that is working on fleet man- a fleet management tool for enterprise drone fleets. Uh, we've also got our regular co-host Dennis Yang, and because it would be weird if we didn't mention it, I should also note that our other usual co-host, Hirsch Reddy, uh, also works in this space uh, at the very, very interesting company called Zipline that is using drones to deliver medical supplies. But he refuses to talk about drones on our podcast for reasons that still confuse us, so he is not here. But hey, that means we get to upgrade to Ziggy. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, so let's talk. So what what is the state of, of drone regulations? I mean, in the commercial space is, is the big area. So so what's where are we today? 
So I think you alluded to this in your introduction, but uh, the rules just recently changed this past summer. The rules Mm -hmm. came out in August uh, at the federal level. So prior to this summer, as you said, commercial flight was banned. And for any company in the U.S. to use drones commercially, they needed to seek a special exemption called a Section 333 exemption. And that took a long time. Right. Uh, And frequently people would apply for exemptions and they wouldn't be granted or denied them until after they actually needed the exemption to fly. Right. They weren't granted or denied them? That's correct. It might take nine (laughs) months to get an answer back whether it was good or bad. Oh, gosh. Right. And, and, uh, yeah, imagine trying to innovate at that kind of... (laughs) Nine, Nine months is an eternity, yeah. Yeah, in limbo. Exactly. And, you know, that's a problem for the Amazons for the world, but it's also a problem for the real estate photographers who need to be able to pick up and do a job in a couple of hours or a couple of days. So this summer, we actually had a big innovation. Part 107 came out from the FAA, uh, and that basically flipped the switch on commercial flight for small unmanned aerial systems. And what that meant was that instead of it being banned by default, it was okay by default as Mm -hmm. long as you met a couple criteria. So one... Part 107 pilots have to take a written test. I've taken this test. Um, <laughs> Wait, are you, are you an official drone pilot now? I am. I am a commercially Commercial certified drone, drone pilot. pilot under Part 107. So, so what, what, what's, what's on the test? Um, actually, so there, there are a lot of interesting features of the test. Most of them, I would say, apply to what's traditionally known as manned aviation, things mm-hmm. like airspace uh, at all altitudes and uh, how to read sectional charts, how to use tools that are traditionally used by manned aviators, Mm -hmm. and then also the basic rules of Part 107, which are applied to drone operators. Mm -hmm. Which are, wait, so what rules would those be? So those are things like, once you pass this test, Mm -hmm. again, just a written test, you're able to fly commercially as long as you are flying in general under 400 feet or within 400 feet of the radius of a building. Uh, you can't okay. fly at night. You can't fly beyond your line of sight, which hmm. you can imagine is pretty inhibiting if yeah. you're, say, a company trying to deliver packages. Right. Uh, let's see what else. But there are a lot of applications now that are kind of free and clear, right? Like like the real estate photographer that you mentioned is probably okay, right? As long as you can see the drone, you're flying over your property, whatever. So you're right. They're, they're probably okay. okay, depending on where they're flying with yeah. respect to airspace. You know, if they're not really close to a big airport and they can see the drone at all times and they're not doing it at night, probably they're okay. okay. Well, why the restriction on nighttime? It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people would ask that same question. Um, it seems a little riskier. Sure. Um, yeah. And you can't see the drone. And so if you're required to keep so, the drone so in your in, line in of your sight. sight. So that's, I mean, what if you put lights on the drone, right? I mean. So there, there are <laughs> special rules for flying at yeah. uh, twilight. Okay. So about, I think it's 30 minutes before okay. sunrise and 30 minutes after sunset. And you have to have special lights on your UAV. <laughs> so you to can be fly, fly on in twilight, time. but not at night. That's so correct. twilight is, wait, when, when does twilight start? So I believe that official twilight half, is Half an hour after minutes. sunset and mm-hmm. half an hour before and then, sunrise. And then half an hour after it is night is what they, yes. they define that as. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that seems confusing, but. Yeah. It's not meant to be easy for night operations. Yeah. Baby, baby steps, though. Right. So, um, so then with those rules now, so there are people taking advantage of those rules now, obviously. Um, and so what kinds of applications, we mentioned the real estate one, but what kinds yeah. of applications do you see you know, existing within these rules? Sure. So uh, as long as you're 
as long as you're uh, complying with those rules and you've taken the test and you check your airspace, then in general you're okay for um, real estate photography, any sort of low altitude mm -hmm. photography, um, aerial imagery for precision agriculture, mm -hmm. some basic uh, thermal and other sensors, sensory uh, detection for precision agriculture. Some of that doesn't work right. because it requires um, night flight. What else? Uh, in in infrastructure the, inspection. No, that makes sense. That's a big then, insurance application. Like so, the so the drone kind of camera operator I can hire to follow me while I'm snowboarding. That's okay. The wedding drone photography. That's cool. Um, as long as it's not at night. As long as it's not at night. <laughs> Don't right. get married um, at night. But does it have to be flown by a person? Is there something about that? Yes. Can I? Can I, I can't program my drone even no, if I can see it. No, you cannot. So you you can program your drone as long as you are still in command of it. Uh, if but you're my program all is but in autonomous. command of it. Okay. All but <laughs> autonomous. So autonomous flight is not yet available. So I can't even set like waypoints? You could set waypoints, but you'll need to be by You command. still have to be... And this is all like specifically mentioned or yes. is this just more of a gray area or no this, like, this isn't that gray <laughs> you're okay. required to have a pilot <laughs> pretty black and autonomous white. flight also uh, you know a big Not inhibitor okay. for yeah. scaled operations and then the other the other thing that's related to that is that you can't have uh, more than one vehicle per operator okay so then at, at the same time at the same correct. time right Right, because you and can then swap out. You can always get exceptions. Is that true? Or That's okay. true. So thankfully, the process has become easier. So okay. it used to take you know many months under Section 333. And now under Part 107, if you need an exception to fly right. at night or fly beyond a line of sight, um, it takes about 90 days to get an exception, which okay. is a lot better. It's not very great, right. but it's still a lot better. Uh, and the, the process has become easier. Because clearly, I don't know if you saw the, the Super Bowl drone flight thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Is so many in so many ways in conflict with all the rules that you just laid out. It's right? true. So. Intel, so <laughs> Intel has a number of drones that it um, right. can put up, and uh, they let's see, they had a special temporary flight restriction around the Super Bowl. Even though I heard it was pre-taped. Yeah, it was pre-taped. Yeah, well, there's that. But but still, it was but, still but, cool. Right. <laughs> and the cool. the drones don't. My understanding is for Intel, the drones don't communicate with each other, and they're not fully autonomous. They are definitely programmed, but there's right. someone there controlling. But maybe not each. In there's so many. <laughs> there there are, are a lot. Someone there are for a each lot. individual drone. <laughs> yeah. That'd be kind of crazy. Like that's, which one's mine? Like that one, <laughs> the third one from the left is mine. Yeah, that's that'd be impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 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 those restrictions leave out a lot of things that that seem I mean, like obvious. All the autonomous cool stuff is not. All the autonomous stuff. All the delivery stuff. I, I mean, unless you're like delivering across the street, right. which seems kind of limiting. Yeah. Um, so that seems like taking away an awful lot of the power of drones. Well, it's taking away <laughs> power it never had, unfortunately. So restricting it sure, for the time being. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and and, and, and the, the one other restriction that I'm curious about, the 400 feet one, um, that seems like it could be limiting too for certain applications, right? It could be, definitely. And there is one caveat to that, which is that if you're, say, inspecting a building and that building is taller than 400 feet, you can go. then you have space above the building and around the building as long as you're attaching your flight to that building. Um, but that rule exists to prevent conflicts with manned aircraft and helicopters right. that might be in the airspace. And, and this is a question that I, I had asked way back when, before even these rules came in play, into play. Like when, when there was sort of this, to me it seemed like something of a, a moral panic about like drones getting in the way of, of aircraft. Like how serious a threat is that? Is it like... I don't know. 
And so it sort of the talk about it and, and the idea, and there was a big thing where they were like, I think when there were fires in Southern California and, and there were these reports that they were saying they couldn't launch planes because there were drones in the way. And that seemed, I, I, I didn't get that. Like, yeah. was that real or was that, was that fake? Is, the, is like how, I mean, I'm sure there's some risk, but how real is the risk of drones getting in the way of, of man, you know, regular aircraft? So there are lots of reports kind of more and more as more UAVs go into the air. It's becoming mm -hmm. more of a problem. But okay. uh, the way that this will eventually be solved is that there will be, you know, an altitude for manned aircraft and there will be an altitude for helicopters and there will be an altitude for drones. And so that, that's one of the reasons that we have that 400-foot general restriction Okay. Uh, to basically create right. different highway levels for them to operate in. planes aren't supposed to be 400 feet. I mean, except your... at the point where they're landing or well, taking yeah, they, off. Oh, yeah, they right? got to get through that. And there are restrictions there, right? You, like you can't fly drones near airports or something, or is that not the case? Right, so it's it's about the airspace. So if, right. you're, if you're a hobbyist, you can't fly within five miles of an airport without notifying the airport, huh. letting them know you're going to be there. Can you just call them? Is that you, you can do? just call them. Really? It's pretty inefficient. But yeah, you can call them. <laughs> can I text them? Is that bad? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, and if you're, if you're flying commercially... Uh, then it's about the airspace and not the distance necessarily. But big airports are in restricted airspace. I mean, it feels like they're like, are they kind of regulating things before they become problems? Yes. And is that <laughs> that's, like, I mean, that's what I mean, that's that's my concern is that it's, it's always been like you're like making and, up. Problems. And this is maybe sort of like an FAA mindset, at least, I yeah. think, yeah. which is like you're so concerned about any kind of accident that you feel like you have to sort of dribble out things right. that are okay rather than going the other way, which is like responding to actual real issues. I mean, that, that said, we have had a pretty good track record, I guess, airplanes, air, airline safety-wise over the past few years. So maybe that's good. I mean, it's good for flying on airplanes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the, but the question is like, I mean, everything has risk re reward, right? And so not yeah. that I'm saying like, oh, it, it would be good if we had a few more, more airplanes crash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we don't even know what we're. But if we're taking a, right, if we're if we're locking out a whole bunch of innovation, yeah, with these rules, then that seems problematic. And I, I think this is what we're beginning to see when, as you mentioned, Amazon goes to the UK to do its testing because right. Right. even small scale testing can be restricted. And you have some other countries with slightly less restrictive regulatory regimes, and right. we're seeing companies go there to test. So, so Australia, is, UK. And this is similar to the situation that we, we saw, that we talked about with autonomous vehicles, which yeah. is that, you know, rather than doing doing tests and, and innovation in the U.S., people are going overseas somewhere. Yeah. And that... Or instead of California, they're going to Nevada and mm -hmm. Arizona right. for, for autonomous vehicles. Right. Yeah. And that seems problematic, too, if, you know, I mean, if we want to sort of keep that innovation here. So, I mean, is there, you know, what is, is there any effort underway to sort of convince the FAA to change the way they're doing these things? Yes. So <laughs> there are a number of organizations and also companies at various levels um, that are working with the FAA. And to its credit, the FAA has been very open to working with industry players and obviously very like tech forward industry players. Um, there are a couple companies that have offices on the West Coast and then an office in D.C. And there, there's clearly a big policy component to any type of drone-related business. Um, the FAA has been partnering with a lot of private companies, whether through Drone Advisory Committee or um, just they're asking for data. And we're in a little bit of a, a funny place because the FAA wants data from drone companies to say, like, well, prove, it, prove to us that this can be safe. 
yeah. and then we will right. we have, we'll be more permissive. No, no one's able to fly. Right, right. exactly. So we're in this, this so you're right. You have to place. show that if you can't actually do... 100% of drones that don't fly don't, don't crash. crash. <laughs> yeah. That's right. They're like, see, we did our job. Exactly. Good job. And so, so what, I mean, what are they, I guess there could be a number of different answers here, but what are they most worried about? I don't know. Um, <laughs> here, here are some things they could be worried about. Conflicts okay. with yeah. manned aircraft. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a big one. Even, you know, one crash is a problem. Sure. In particular, when you're dealing with commercial manned aviation. Sure, sure, sure. Um, also, we just don't have the technical infrastructure for these drone highways, if you will. So we don't have air traffic control specifically for drones. There are companies mm-hmm. sort of thinking about that and positioning themselves to be that way, but there's no way at scale for drones to communicate with operators on the ground and with um, air traffic control for airports. And, and, and no one's really working on that? Is the FAA thinking about that? Like, is that something that they would want to put together? So or? actually a lot of people, a lot of people oh, are really? working on that. Okay. There's a company called AirMap Mm -hmm. uh, that, on the one hand, works with operators to, they can put themselves on the map. They're kind of like a a private air traffic control for drone operators. And they also uh, work with airports Uh to show them And they integrate with like the existing air traffic control systems and show them where all the little drones are flying. My understanding is that it's a separate tool, a supplemental tool. Uh, and the FAA and NASA are working on a collaboration right. for universal traffic management that hmm. that will become the air traffic control for both manned aviation and drones. But we're we're far out on that. Yeah, I mean, could there be a technology thing where drones start just noticing where other drones and other manned aircraft are? Or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the same sort of thing as like the autonomous vehicle space, where you shouldn't necessarily necessarily need like. And top air, down, and, like an air control, right? You should just be able to have sensors that recognize if you have something near you that you're going to don't hit it, right? <laughs> sure, there there are a couple technologies that yeah. I think could get at this. One is just sense and avoid technology, and yeah. there are definitely companies working on this. Um, and that's just exactly what you're saying from the drone's perspective, it won't get near something else, it will sense and avoid and right. reroute its flight plan, right? Uh, and the other is if you stick a transponder on an individual drone, it can talk to other right. drones and air traffic control. Yeah, I mean, and on the other side, is there is there like a public concern that we don't want like drones flying all over the place and kind of, kind of being annoying? Or is that not something you're hearing a lot? <laughs> I mean, like, like if you look outside your window and you saw just constantly just like a cloud of drones del- delivering pizzas and tacos and whatever, <laughs> like that would... be kind of cool. <laughs> maybe, but like, I mean, I was, I was at like an outdoor concert like a little while ago and there was just a drone just hovering above us and after a while it was like that's kind of annoying like <laughs> I don't want that there anymore um, so like I don't know is that is that part of it or that is also part of it yeah. so um, you know safety is one concern but also privacy and trespassing and property yeah um, the FAA is is kind of in a funny place because they're not the only stakeholder so you have uh Department of Homeland Security. Homeland Security is pretty concerned about yeah. drones, is my understanding. And so right. they also get to say to the FAA, like, don't be as permissive as you might want to be or your your stakeholders might want you to be. And then the states and localities also get to weigh right. in on things like privacy and land yeah. use. And the fact that, yeah, when a drone is flying above you, it's loud and it's annoying and you don't know whether it's filming you or not. There, there was, I remember, I can't remember which state it was. It was somewhere, I think, in New England right, where they were trying to pass... Um, some sort of law that said like you couldn't fly a drone over someone else's property, <laughs> and 
and they I think they had like some sort of like military person come in and be like, yeah, we need this. And then the FAA showed up and they're like, um, guys, only we have the right to regulate airspace. You don't. <laughs> and they just like killed that whole the whole plan. Um, I can't remember what state it was. I feel like New Hampshire, Vermont or something like that. Um, it's kind of popping up all over the place. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing yeah. conflict at the federal, state, and local level. So the FAA came out with its new rule for small aircraft, so small um, unmanned aerial systems under right. 55 pounds this right. past summer. And it also said, you know what, we control all navigable airspace, and all navigable airspace starts at a blade of grass. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, you can fly a drone that low, so... I mean, because this goes back, right? I mean, there are like famous cases about like, could airplanes fly over your property? Right. right? The Cosby chicken case. Yes. What was the Cosby chicken case? Uh, Well, I I hope I don't embarrass my law school (laughs) professors here. Uh, But my understanding is Uh that there was a chicken farmer on the East Coast. Okay. And there was, let's go with a local airport. I hope this is right. (laughs) Uh, And the the airport was flying planes pretty low for takeoff or landing. And it was causing the chickens to commit suicide oh, no, because they right. were so low. And so oh, this went up to the Supreme Court level. Really? Gosh, I hope this is right. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, we won't grade you. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. It was something like, I've, I've heard yeah. this as well, but I don't remember all the details and you remember them. And now it's going to be on the this. internet, which makes it true. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, oh, goodness. If, if you say it, it's true, it's I fine. should really so. study up. <laughs> so so it's a, it basically set the, the FAA's mandate and jurisdiction over airspace. So it basically said, uh, private air or public airspace begins at a certain level, mm-hmm. and below that, we, we don't know exactly where that is, but we do know that below that level, uh, anything that interferes with the the property owner's use and enjoyment of their own land, right? Uh, like having chickens that don't commit suicide, um, is an is a restrictive factor. Sorry, so wait, it's restricted meaning that. So it says the I'm FAA does not get to control it all. So that, oh. that's kind of a strike against the FAA hmm. controlling okay. everything above and it blade of grass. Okay, interesting. All right, so I didn't remember that part. I knew that like that there had been complaints just about like airplanes even flying way overhead because people argued right. originally that like my property line goes yeah, up. Yeah, I don't to, give permission to, for those planes to be flying right. over me. And and that was overruled and they said no, like you don't get to control up to you know, up to but like, does this mean that like a house in like you know, in the landing path of a of a commercial airport can complain about it being too loud, or that's where it begins to overlap with nuisance right. law and trespassing, hmm. and so there are laws that are not, at least um, on paper, related to drones at all that could address this, and this is also a a sticking point for various legal nerds that, that some people will say, <laughs> you know, we need, we need laws and local rules and legislation yeah. uh, addressing drones specifically because drones are scary and drones are looking in our houses and drones are, are violating our, our property, um, our Your property, property rights. rights. And, yeah. and then there are other people that say, we already have nuisance law. We already have trespassing right. law. We already have a rule that says that you can't invade someone's privacy. So that should already apply to drones. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I do wonder, I mean, the, the privacy one is an interesting one, too. I mean, I, I mentioned in the, in the intro, like, Diane Feinstein, who does not necessarily have a very long history of, of caring about privacy. <laughs> uh, she's really bad on privacy issues. But, like, when a drone, like, flew But she cares to, about drones. When it flew up to her window. 
It wasn't even a drone. It was like a little mini helicopter, but that's another story. But <laughs> the line is fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but can, but there are people. Can we coin a new term for her? A the, fine, Feinstein. I don't know. But there are people who are just really like there. Are, I know there are a number of people who are just like super super concerned about the privacy implications of drones. Um, and to me, again, that feels and specifically around the fact that they they might have a camera. They may have a camera, and therefore they could be spying on you. Or like you know, the the the, the most common friend is like the flying up to your window and like yeah. looking into your window aspect of it. Well, isn't there like there's like an implied sense of privacy that that kind of attacks? Is that what what that issue is? Like if you're going to live in on the thirty second floor of an apartment building, you kind of have like. A reasonable expectation. Re- of yeah, that's what it. Right. That's no what. Look I, in I knew there was like a reasonable expectation of privacy. Is there the was standard. a lawyerly term <laughs> that I was looking for one of you guys to do. So, um, <laughs> right? There's a reason, reasonable expectation well, of privacy I, I, that is now destroyed by having these drones flying around. But, but I mean, the reasonable expectation of privacy issue is that's a Fourth Amendment issue around like government, not not necessarily private individuals, right? So I think it's a different issue when it comes to... But what to if the government's flying these drones? Well, that's a, that's a different problem. And there are also private causes of action sure, sure. at the state and local level. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it's... Uh, yeah. Um, we just want the drones to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, so... I, I mean, to me, it feels like, you know, obviously there are certain issues and things to be worked out around drones, but I feel like, you know... From a policy standpoint, we're going about it backwards, which yeah. is like make sure it's perfect first, and, and we don't even know what we're sort of blocking out or, or what the real risks are, or what the real yeah. problems. And are. I guess that's what I would love to hear from from Ziggy is like, you know, you're talking to a whole bunch of drone companies. Like, do you feel like innovation is being hamstrung in this industry? Um, like, or is it moving really, really quickly, and we just don't like we're not in it, so we don't see it. Both. Yeah. Yeah. So I am talking to a lot of companies of varying sizes and many people are moving ahead with technology under the assumption that the regulatory environment is going to change sometime in the next year or sometime in the next five years. Mm -hmm. The problem is we don't know exactly when that is. And so many people are just making a bet Hmm. that maybe they're just hoping. Yeah. So Amazon's testing delivery in the UK in the hopes that eventually they can deliver elsewhere too. Um, and there's a, a company called Flirty mm-hmm. uh, that recently did, I think, 77 small deliveries in Nevada, I assume on an exemption. Uh, like, they don't, they're not uh, allowed to do delivery at the national level right now, but, but they're but hoping they're still they will be. On it, right. right. So that, that's the bet that some, someday it'll be okay and they're, they'll be ready. Exactly. I think the reality is we just don't know when that day is. Right. So in order to make that bet, you need to have that. That only puts you means only means a certain type of company with a certain type of right. So you funding or out, runway yeah. be able to handle that, right? Yeah. You, I mean, you'd lose out on the really small startups that are sort of, you know, and if it's a year, if it's five years, people are going to start to get tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and then you also have the question of like well whether or not all that innovation just goes overseas, right? So you find a yeah. a jurisdiction that is much more welcoming and you get, you know, the, you know, Silicon Valley of drones in some other country. Yeah, and it, and maybe the FAA is okay. Like they don't care. Right? They're like great. Yeah, the do FAA it. doesn't doesn't care about cool. that. Cool. So like much. let let, you know, the UK have their first drone versus manned aircraft disaster and figure out what's <laughs> going on. Um, that's probably the way the way they're looking at it, right? Yeah, um, and I, I think the reality is that you know the UK, Canada, Australia—they're a little more permissive, but they're not a ton more permissive with respect to drone regulation. Yeah, um, is there a wild west of the drone world oh, right now? 
Dubai recently yeah. made some oh, right. some moves. They want to have drone taxis. Yeah, because they have the, the uh, what is it called? So the the e hang. Yeah. So is which, that a man? That yeah, that's it's still a manned. It's, it's unmanned drone. It, no, it's unmanned. well, it's unmanned, but but with a passenger. It's, <laughs> Imagine like a golf cart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Without a I, driver. And then I, it, I saw it, it picks you up and flies you somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's right. great. I saw it. You can you can it's see videos. Great. It, it, I mean, it looks. It will cool. be great. It yeah. will be great. Hopefully. I don't know if I'd get on the damn thing, but yeah. but but what, what could I, go wrong? I, yeah, lots of things. Yeah. But uh, yeah. uh, I saw it at CES last year. Not not not, the not this year. Oh. No, they had they had the drone yeah. and they had video of it flying. Um, so you could like, and that was like one of the big hits of not. It's not the two thousand seven. Does it like yeah. have claws it's like, and it's, grabs it's you? It's like a, a pod. No. It, it looks like a <laughs> no Jetsons. Claws. It looks like. Like like a, cool. a, a Jetsons car, like a but with with, with like yes. the four rotors, okay. like a like a drone, um, and it is. It's basically a mini helicopter that is that, that is that fits one that person. has a- autonomous control, and that fits one person. And so Dubai could and so Dubai is uh, going to allow this. They said they 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 allowed. They had some test flights already, yeah. and they made an announcement very recently that that it's it's okay, and so so are they are they also allowing like drone deliveries. Um, as well, are they kind of in general more permissive? I haven't seen drone deliveries in in Dubai because they have those yeah, huge buildings know. too, right? Like the yeah, <laughs> but it's a much smaller place. It's easier to control yeah. the entire airspace. Yeah, uh, China has some. It, yeah. China is. It, it's hard to know exactly what they're doing with drone regulation, but they do have some delivery. JD.com is is doing delivery to doing. certain. I think five provinces in China. And 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 that company that see e- we're going to e- lose e- to Hang, China. Yes. Ehang, the the one that is doing the 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 uh, Dubai one, that's a Chinese company as well. So, and and I'm pretty sure their yeah. videos of the test flights were in China. Thanks, so. FAA. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and and that is an interesting. I mean, that one definitely scares people because obviously, if that if that what the Ehang one, yeah, you know, if that drone crashes, that's a big big deal. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, there is something like, as I said, it, it does feel like that would be kind of a cool thing. Like the idea of like, <laughs> you know, I mean, sort of the personal helicopter, they'll just show up, pick you up yeah. and fly you automatically to where you want to go. Like forget driverless cars. This is right. Skip the driverless cars, get to the, the, the flying cars, the driverless flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think and we don't get to have that. We're so guess, a long yeah. way from that ever being allowed in the U.S., I mean, it's unless pop- Dubai shows off that it's awesome, uh, and you know, there's, which could happen. Right? Yeah, one way to do it is you yeah. know to to let Dubai or someone else yeah. do it, and then go there and and prove the safety cases and prove the efficiency yeah. cases. Yeah, because uh, I'm sure that they're not trying well. to drop anyone, right? Like- <laughs> right. No, they have they have no incentives to drop. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no incentives. But yeah, but but then you know, and so yes, certainly it could be proven out yeah. elsewhere. But then the fear is that, like you know, from from an in industrial policy perspective, you know, you've you've ceded that space to somebody else. Somebody right. else is already going to dominate. And you've kind of shown that you know the U.S. is no longer where innovation happens. We kind of let everyone else do it first until it's safe, and then we kind of do it. Right. I think there are a lot of really interesting and innovative companies experimenting yeah. with drones here, and sometimes they take their. Um, they're testing <laughs> elsewhere or their operations <laughs> elsewhere, but I, I assume that yeah. when the regulations change, they'll also look for opportunities here, like Hersh's company. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually true. They're, cause they're, yeah. they're doing in Africa first. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, what if, if you were running the FAA, what would you do? Ooh, <laughs> that's tough. 
drones, uh, <laughs> drones, drones for everyone. <laughs> a drone in every garage. Yeah. yeah, interesting. So one thing the FAA is doing that I, I think is smart is they have these test sites. There are six test sites around the U.S., and those oh, cool. test sites are places that are either affiliated with universities or mm-hmm. Air Force bases or um, flight communities. And then people can go that, there. That sounds nice. Yeah. Flight, flight community. Yeah. And people can go there. Companies can go there. Everybody from yeah. know, one-off mom-and-pop shops up through you know, the Northrop Grumman's of the world um, and test under more permissive right. rules. So I think probably I would open up more of those opportunities and then gather data from them. Right. And, and I assume that they are gathering data from the test sites that they have now. Yeah. Is, and then what is the process sort of going forward? I mean, is it the sort of ad hoc process where the FAA will just decide one day, like, okay, maybe we can be more permissive? Or is there like, is there like a, a notice and proposal, you know, rulemaking going on or, or anything like that? Or is it just we'll see? So there, there are a couple hints about when certain rules will be out. Okay. Um, we were expecting rules for flight over people recently, but I think that's delayed. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, flight over people is so another there, big restriction. So there's no, there's no rule? The, uh, the rule is you can't do it. Oh. You can't fly over people at Wait, all? Right. Now, what does it mean to fly over a person? Directly over their head? Like near, yeah. sort of. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so but if you're like, over a building, it's okay because the building is in the way. Right, exactly. But what if there are people on the roof of the building? No. No good. No good. So then the the wedding photographer one is actually no good. Well, you can photograph from From far or from from the side. If you don't go directly directly over the head. But I want that drone-y, that cool (laughs) shot where you have your entire wedding and you fly the drone out and you get the cool. Maybe it's sort of in front of you. Just a little bit off center. Right. (laughs) Just not over. Exactly. Okay. Okay. uh, let's oh, see. So, so we're waiting for a rule about flight over people. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for a rule, I think, in 2018 about flights with multiple vehicles with a single operator. Okay. Um, there okay. is there is an expected timeline. I think there's also a question of what's going to happen under the Trump administration and with Elaine Chao. Right. Um, yeah. In the cabinet, so there's a big question mark there. It could be yeah. more permissive. It could be less permissive. The, right. Recently, the executive order to strike two regulations for every new regulation. <laughs> right. The drone industry was not so happy about that as an industry asking for regulation. Right. Right. So, so, so yeah. So is the industry asking for re- regulation, but they're asking for well, regulation they want, they in the form of, of permission. Right. right? So it's, yeah. it's sort of a weird space because it's, it's like, you know, most innovative spaces, the way things happen are that there's no regulations and people just sort of rush in and do stuff. And then, yeah, people freak out or something bad yes, happens and then later. then you come in and you regulate whereas here we're talking about airspace which is already this massively insanely overregulated space and they're trying to to launch something new and innovative into that space and so that's so it's, it's a little different than than the sort yeah. of traditional um thing so they want regulation in the form of opening up sort of you know innovation spaces where they can where they can do stuff Exactly. So the, there are a lot of big players in the industry asking for regulation because, as you said, it's part clarification, and mm-hmm. part of it is any permission at all is better than no permission. So if you give really clear guidelines about how you're allowed to do um, flight at night, at, flight at night, or under what conditions you're allowed to fly over people, the right. industry can comply with them. But right now, you're just not allowed to. Hmm. Yeah, but I, but I, I think Mike, what you're kind of pointing out is that. You know, I've been in, in around the valley for like 20 years, and typically it's been an environment of 
eh, there's not really a rule against it, so it's probably mm-hmm. fine, right? And that that right. this sure. this this feels kind of exactly opposite to that, where you're like, tell me that what I'm doing is okay. Um, I think it's fine, but it feels it feels like I need I need explicit permission, um, which which feels very very different culturally from what I'm used to here in the valley, at least. So, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what why it feels yeah awkward. Well, it's yeah. It is. It is different, just in that you're you're entering a space that is already so regulated that you right. you have to have the regulators carve out a space, and they have no incentive to be sort of quick or expansive about that. Yeah, and and their interests are not really aligned with the incentives uh, or the interests of the of the innovators of the innovators. Yeah. Um. So you also wonder about whether that's an area. For mischief, right? Where, you know, industries that don't want the drone industry to succeed, you know, they start lobbying the FAA with things about like, oh, people are going to get hurt and stuff like that. Um, where you yeah. see things like, you know, I mean, are there big industries that are kind of yeah who, anti-drone? I don't know about industries that are anti-drone. There are certainly players. Yeah. Um, but I think they're like government agencies. It's not that they don't want drones to succeed. It's that they have other concerns. So Homeland Security right. has security concerns. Um, there is, that makes sense. Yeah. there are counter drone companies, um, developing. Oh. And I think the government is also looking yeah. to kind of proof of counter drone technology before it will open up to widespread drone technology. There was, there was some awful Kickstarter project I saw a few months ago that was like, the anti-drone technology, and it like takes out. I don't really remember. I feel like what that's it, more, a lot more unsafe than. Yes, it <laughs> feels like. I mean, it was it was a silly project, but that's like, also a controversial area of drone policy. I'm sure, because drones are aircraft under yeah. the FAA. Yeah, and it is illegal to shoot oh, down yeah. an aircraft yeah. or interfere with an aircraft's flight. So, so it should be illegal to shoot down a drone. Correct, it is. But but there have been but I know that there's been talk about that like that question of like if it, going back to the property rights issue if a drone flies over your property do you have the right like to shoot it like down? Can enact like castle law and like shoot it? <laughs> yes. So I know there's been some concern about that, but I don't know what this the status of that is. So it, it varies across the country. Huh. Right. <laughs> but right yeah. now you cannot take down a drone. I so don't I can't, advise anyone to do that. Don't, please do not shoot yeah. down the drones. Right. The huh. Netherlands and France yeah. have recently been experimenting with training eagles to take down drones. <laughs> That's a real thing. That's real. Uh, to, to take down drones. And, 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 and what's, the, what's the reasoning there? What are they thinking? It's, again, uh, just a security concern and... <laughs> How can we... And because it's cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's also very cool. I, I do worry about the eagles a little bit. Yeah. The, yeah. Eagles versus machines. Yeah. That doesn't end well. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So... Um, uh, that that I, yeah, I wasn't expecting the, 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 <laughs> the eagle to, 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 to fly into this podcast. Um so, all right. So, so in in closing, I guess, um, what I mean, people who are interested in this space, what should they be doing? What should they be paying attention to? Well, there are a lot of really interesting companies 
experimenting with new applications of drones. So if you're interested in this space, I would say keep an eye on Silicon Valley uh, and, and North Dakota, surprisingly. <laughs> really? there, there's a lot of um, aviation in North Dakota, and mm-hmm. so there are also a lot of drone companies in North Dakota. A lot or of spaces go where, to North Dakota. where you can fly without being over people. Exactly. <laughs> and then I would just keep an eye out for what the FAA is doing, because as they... As the FAA becomes more permissive uh, and gives more guidance to states and localities around what they're allowed to rule over and that balance of power becomes more clear, we're going to see innovation take off even more. And for for companies or or entrepreneurs who are interested in in possibly getting into that space and and sort of, I mean, is there a process by which they can communicate with the FAA? Is it, you know, how how easy is that? Can you join like a consortium? Is there like a group? There are a number of organizations. Um, You can keep an eye out for AUVSI. And uh, there are a number of commercial drone alliances. Okay. Um, everyone, it's a small community and everyone's very connected. The FAA does have uh, public meetings and the Drone Advisory Committee is one. So they're, they're listening to the industry and it's pretty easy to get connected to them. Cool. All right. Well, this is, this is uh, an, an interesting and complex space and, and one that we've wanted to do a podcast about for a long time. Um, and so, so I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on the podcast and having a really interesting discussion. And, um, and, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more to discuss in this space as, as things go. So at some point, we'll have to have you back and see if we can convince Hirsch to, to join as well. <laughs> 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 um, but, 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 but thanks so much uh, for thanks. joining us. And, and thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll be back next week. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tap.